Welcome to We Are Venomaniacs, the Venom Size official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point of views. My name is Orion, and I'm joined by hosts Carlos, Tyler, and Aaron. Say hi, guys. Yo! Hello! <laughs> so, uh, today we have a short review of Venom 13 through 15, the War of the Realms tie-in arc, as well as an even shorter discussion about Venom and Eddie's involvement in the War of the Realms event. We will also review Venom number 16 and the Web of Venom Funeral Power issue, uh, our last two primers before we dive into Absolute Carnage next month. So to begin, uh, we're going to have Tyler give us a rundown of uh, the Venom number 13 through 15, the War of the Realm tie-ins. Go ahead, Tyler. Alright, so the three-issue War of the Realms tie-in begins with a venomless Eddie and Dylan returning to New York City just as the evil forces of the Nine Realms bring their war to Midgard. Being without his extraterrestrial supersuit, Eddie's primary concern is finding a safe place for him and Dylan to hole up and ride the war out until the heroes can save the planet. But, Eddie being Eddie, he simply can't let innocents suffer at the hands of Dark Elves, Muspelheim Demons, Frost Giants, and Evil Angels. Once Eddie gets Dylan locked up in Rex Strickland's bunker, Eddie takes to the streets to save anyone he can. However, he's no match against the denizens of the Nine Realms and is quickly subdued. One of Malachith's war witches takes pity on Eddie when she recognizes how useful he could be for her master. She gives Eddie a rune-enchanted dreamstone, which grants Eddie incredible powers fueled by his anger. The power takes the form of a suit mimicking the Venom symbiote, giving Eddie all the powers he's familiar with, and more, but without the sentience of the symbiote. Of course, Eddie's no one's pawn. He betrays the War Witch and strikes out as the mystical Venom to answer Malekith's war. The War Witch doesn't take too kindly to his betrayal, though, and must reign in Venom if he's going to serve as Malekith's weapon. She endows Jack-o'-lantern with his own dreamstone and has him hunt Venom down. The two rip through the streets of Manhattan in their ferocious battle. Eddie uses his time to reflect on what he brought into the relationship between him and Venom and realizes just how guilty he was for some of Venom's vices. Finally taking ownership over his personal vices and strengths, he uses the Dreamstone symbiote to power up nearby citizens and enlist them in an army of Venoms to finally take down Jack. With his fight won, Eddie abandons his Dreamstone and returns to Dylan to ride out the rest of the War of the Realms. Excellent. Thank you so much. So, um... These issues, I know that a lot of people probably skipped these issues if they were following along with Donny Cates' series because they was like, oh, you know, these aren't Donny Cates' issues and they're really inconsequential. But um, I have a feeling that really, even though these are tie-in issues and tie-in issues typically aren't critical to the main story, I think there was some stuff going on in this issue that is vital to the main story. Uh, did you guys kind of feel like that? Uh, yeah, I for one thought it was a, a pretty interesting turn for the story. Um, you know, after you, after what happened in Venom number 12, um, Eddie feeling betrayed by Venom's trust. And, you know, I, it was pretty much him trying to take care of Dylan and also being caught in, you know, the whole War of the Realms thing that was going on. So see Eddie's perspective on his own without Venom's help. And, uh, you know, again, uh, for this miniseries, I, again, I just loved uh, Eden's artwork as always. 
Like it was just very on point, very detailed, and not to mention I really really loved the uh, the magic suit that he he donned in the three part issues. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, f- uh, for my point, um, this uh, this three was it three issues? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, these kind of gave me a God of War vibe, like the new game. Um, you know, you got a you got a, a father looking over a son, and there's Norse mythology everywhere, and the dad's trying to control his rage as he fights another god on his level. So. So like I thought that was kind of um cool but um yeah so like as um as you guys just said I kind of liked how it was more focusing on on like Eddie and how you know was he at fault was the symbiote at fault you know is is he in control of his rage is you know stuff like that that we've seen before but it 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 built off of what Kate's did the last few few issues and it I mean you could say you could skip them, but I think this helps support Kate's and and what he's trying to do with Eddie as a character that that like that uh that that just makes him stand out on his own and not just rely on the symbiote as much. And we did get and we did see a little bit of a bond between Eddie and his son, which is what some folks want to see, and I think that's what I want to see. So I'm I. Don't, I wouldn't say these are skippable, but if you could, I would go ahead and just flip through them because as as I think y'all just said, like the art is always amazing. So yeah, yeah. I think so, it was good. Yeah, totally. I it mean, was okay. the The main thing that I loved about this, it's the same thing that I love about Kate's series, is that it feels like we're going back to when Eddie became Venom once more. It was just completely out of nowhere. Like, why does he all of a sudden like Venom and want it to be Venom again? All this stuff's like it didn't make any sense with his with with his history, you know, and what happened in uh, the previous Carnage series. So I like this because it's still kind of like we're taking a step back. We're reexamining why did I want to become Venom again when there's all this baggage that we have and now I have and Eddie says I have to examine exactly how much that baggage is my own versus how much of it was the symbiotes so I really love this kind of storytelling and you know I think this is um for a while I've had some issues with um Cullen Bunn's uh handling of Venom uh like I really his his toxin with a vengeance um, run with the Agent Venom series, I still hold as some of his best work with Eddie Brock. Um, but since like the whole Poison trilogy, I did not really care for how he handled uh, Eddie with that. And he kind of redeemed himself, I believe, with these War of the Realms tie-ins. I, I was about to say, yeah, I, this, I think this is the best Eddie... Cullen Bunn's ever written, like even better than the Talkman stuff. I really enjoyed just reading like Eddie's inner thoughts and everything. Just like you know, I, I, it, it wasn't all the symbiote. It was largely in in part because of me. So I, I with Cullen Bunn's writing and uh, even Coelho doing the art, I I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. Yeah. So. No. It, so you go uh, ahead, Carlos. You go ahead, bud. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I was gonna say. Yeah. No. With with this uh, three part issue. 
you could definitely tell how Bun was writing Eddie to the point where he's like, without the Venom symbiote, he has this new suit, and all, and that what's pretty much feeding him is his rage, and you know, having his, he's pretty much using his own inner thoughts, his own inner anger, to feed off the the suit that he's wearing. And again, like the whole design of, of the Magic Venom, I, I just absolutely love it. It's it's probably one of the best designs I think Evo has uh, even has made so far. And you know, I'm also also to, also too like I'm kind of glad they the, the the Spire logo looked pretty cool. It's kind of like a little homage to my my character's design in a bit. Yeah, it's good. right. Okay. <clears throat> uh, right. So um yeah um yeah so so like in the past um Bun has written. written a very edge lord so like like started in uh venomverse and poison x you know like you know he was very cold like he didn't want to work with the x-men because they were kids and like the venom is like dude we got to help this guy and then he's and he's like no nah, like i don't want to work with these kids and he was he was very unlikable and um and i think what happened was that bun read cases take on him and he sort of got more more of an idea of, of how Eddie should be and I think that really helped him write the story and well I mean obviously but yeah but I, I think Kate's run is really helping to flesh out Eddie and it's apparent sure. on, on on how Bun wrote those three 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 um the point three issues that oh, sorry. right and <laughs> right yeah so yeah so Hopefully, this is also helping a lot more folks understand who who he is, you know. Because I always get the feeling that that folks don't really understand who Eddie as a character is. But now, since we've had this Kate's run, folks are now starting to understand how he should be written. So that's yeah. just me. And I will say, my biggest negative for these three issues is the fact that it's three issues. This didn't need to be three issues long. It would, it could have been two at the max. It felt like they were treading a little bit of water just to get through the event, and it, it definitely like have the setup with the first issue could have ended ended the same with like Jack being introduced. Second issue could have ended with beating Jack. They they didn't need to drag it out for a whole other issue. Yeah, right. And I guess we should also kind of talk about Jack. Uh, Bun likes to use Jack, and this was not the Jack that we're all used to uh this is the yeah, one i was, was i was a little i was a little yeah. disappointed he didn't find a oh, way yeah. to bring him back from the dead from uh, the deadpool versus black panther where he oh yeah essentially yeah, so, died uh, in that yeah so this was the literal who jack from the first venom run who just stole his costume and he's selling weapons i believe and he kind of scorches new york sort of like how uh how that one girl did in uh the the final season of game of thrones you know like there were some comparisons about that how he just <laughs> kind of like scorches the entire it looks town very so. similar yeah so but yeah but i think it was cool that we got to see him again i don't know if we'll be seeing him again but i do like how jack is becoming more of a venom character you know because he always needs his own yeah, I think he fits better with Venom than he does with. I think he fits better with Venom than he does with Spider Man because Spider Man's already right. got like multiple goblins. Oh, we yeah, don't need a like, uh, like a different weird sort of goblin instead. So right, I, yeah. I think 
I think having a fire based sort of like like tech character is good match with Venom. So yeah. yep. And then another cool point to make for this is that um, I think it really helps the story in the fact that even though this is a War of the Realms tie-in, it's very self-contained in the entire event. Like, you don't see this version of Eddie Brock showing up anywhere else in the event book. He's never mentioned, and Jack has never seen as well. So I like that it's kind of in its own little corner of this event. And speaking of, you know, uh, whether Jack's going to return or not, does anybody have any predictions for who picked up that Dreamstone? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, So at the end of the issue, we see Eddie Brock um, abandoning the Dreamstone. We'll Uh, just throw it away. Yeah, (laughs) he just throws it away, but then we see See, someone's hand come and try to pick it up. See, that's something I forgot about. So that's kind of interesting. I wonder really who could that be. Yeah. You think it's we're, we're going to get like a, a, so, a, a I mean, faux symbiote character to fight Eddie in the future? Or, you know, it could just be... Well, well, oh. this is Bun, so he, so he kind of likes to set things up. And, I mean, we didn't see the spider... No, the uh, symbiote slayers again. I mean, I'm... I'm not entirely sure we'll ever see what. Yeah, it, it might just that, be an open-ended but... thing he left there. So, like, yeah. and just an eventual plan. Like, we we know how many plans he's tried to get for Mania. <laughs> now, oh, yeah, so, and all these other the characters. I don't remember the hand, the way it was drawn. Was it kind of ambiguous whether it was a male or? Yeah, it was. De- it was definitely yeah, very like, vague. We just know it's a yeah. white hand. That, okay, because yeah, I'm it, thinking, you know, um, we'll we'll talk about this in a little bit, but there's a certain someone who's coming to New York for Eddie Brock, and maybe oh, yeah. Yeah. this certain someone picks up this Dreamstone to use later on. Yep. Yep. I don't All actually right. know who you're talking about, so I got to find out later. Yep. I'm I'm very intrigued. Yes. Alright, so um I think that's a good pin to put on those War of the Realms. It, it it was just it was very sweet, very very short. Could have been shorter. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Could have been shorter. But it was still better than what we would have expected. Uh, but we're not done with War of the Realms yet. <laughs> no, we're not, because remember Eddie Brock and the Venom symbiote are separated at this point, so we have one half of the story here. Uh, so moving on to uh, that, I think I'll cover this part. Um, while Eddie had his adventures as the Dreamstone Venom, the hostless Venom symbiote had its own misadventures during War of the Realms in the main book series, the War of the Realms Strike Force War Avengers tie-in, and Thor number 14. Venom entered the war as a member of Captain Marvel's War Avengers Strike Force to help them with the battlefront in London. Things go sideways, however, and Venom ends up captured by Malekith. The symbiote is then magically forced to take on a form similar to Null's All Black the Necrosword, granting Malekith unspeakable power and turning him into Svartal Venom. Despite the, this exponential power boost, a small army of Thors ends up defeating Malekith and freeing Venom from his thrall. Venom limps off into the sunset, saying how it must prepare for its impeding battle with Carnage. So, that's that's pretty much it for the Venom symbiote in this series. It was like, it was... For, for a long time, you know, if you were reading as this came out, 
there was a lot of confusion among the fans of like, what's going on here? Is that is that supposed to be Eddie under the symbiote or what? Because it's like it was completely ambiguous what was going on. And it wasn't until a little bit later that we figure out, oh, it's this. And th there was also some confusion because it felt like the way this was written, it was before, um, I guess, whoever was in charge of this event realized that Donny Case was going to separate Eddie and the, and the symbiote. The first interaction we get with Venom very much implies that Eddie is in there because, like, when Venom's, like, you know, like, taunting Malekith or whatever, and Malekith starts talking back. And then Malik is like, oh, no, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your symbiote. It's like, what are you talking about? That's like, they're both the same thing. Yeah. Like, there's no Eddie in there. So it was very confusing. I didn't understand at all what was going on. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're not Thor readers, as you could probably tell. So, But, um, yeah, I was kind of disappointed in Venom's overall role. Um, it, it sort of seemed like Kate's and Jason Aaron kind of had this idea that they were going to tie in Null and maybe some, some like Venom stuff, but Venom really wasn't a major factor in this story at all. Like I think Malekith only used him to stab Odin once, and I pretty much think that was it. Like no one really cared mm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then he put, he put him onto one of Thor's like uh, little fake hammers or whatever, and then right. like, hit Thor with that a couple times. Uh, no, yeah. I did appreciate in the Strike Force issue that uh, Deadpool, who knows it, who's like he was on the Thunderbolt Ross's Thunderbolts with Agent Venom, he was like, uh, "This isn't the Venom with the, the military Venom you need for a war." <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, it's the cooler Venom that everyone likes. He yes. did not say that. <clears throat> Do not <laughs> put words that were in the <laughs> But yeah, so so I was kind of thinking he was going to have a more overarching role, but that didn't really happen. Like I was expecting. Malekith maybe like to contact Noel or something, but nothing really came of Venom. He just kind of existed to to stab someone once. Yeah, and no, like no, no see, one was. Yeah, yeah, like well, yeah. So no one was really concerned about Venom. Like Thor, Thor like wasn't like, oh no, I have to save Venom. We're like, oh no, what's going to happen to Venom? We have to save the symbiote. You know, it's just. I don't know, like, no one really cared. Everybody he just, hates He just Venom. existed. Yeah, <laughs> he just kind of existed. And then he slunked away and no one cared. Well, I, I have a bit of a theory that what probably happened is that Jason Aaron probably saw that uh, uh, Donnie Cates tied the Necrosword in the symbiote lore and stuff. And then he's like, oh, oh I got I gotta do I gotta do a null thing or something, or venom for this big my big event. And so and then he turned him into yeah. a sword because Necrosword and it's that's where I really feel what happened. He's just he was trying to just cash in on the popularity of Venom right now, and he's like, "I gotta put Venom in my event somehow." I mean, well, I mean, I don't want to sound that cynical, but I mean, maybe they just. Well, I, I'm not a fan of Jason Aaron, so I'm absolutely gonna be oh, cynical well, here. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not a huge Thor reader, so I'm, yeah, so no comment on that. But yeah, but I mean, Venom's overall role was kind of underwhelming. He was on a few covers to look cool. And didn't do a whole lot. And, um, also, I'm going to yeah. just say to the listeners, I for one, ladies and gentlemen, I did not read War of the Realms, so I pretty much... And you didn't miss a thing, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All you got so, see, was another, I have to prepare for Carnage, you know, like 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 all the other five times we've heard that already. Oh no, he, he also got the never-before-seen, someone takes complete control of the symbiote. We got 
Lee Price, we got Cree Price, and now we got Elf Price. It doesn't rhyme, Elf but... Price. Elf <laughs> Price, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, he got some new form, too. Like, I think you said what that name was a rhyme, but I think I forgot what it was. He said, he said we are something... Sparkle Venom or something. Right, yeah. That's something Venom. like that. I mean, that's just a giant goo ball. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. So, you know, I got the covers, you know. You know. You know. And he was on the Strike Force, and Captain Marvel led him on. So that's cool. There, there were some cool scenes in Strike Force, I'll say that much. Yeah. With him yeah. Like, fighting the ice giant, the frost giant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was cool. It was right. okay. No, no, not much else to say about War of the Realms there. So. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's pretty much it we're going to say about War of the Realms. Like, the the Titans were good, but the rest of it, we're not going to bother with anymore. So, um, I think we can go ahead and move on to uh, our discussion about Venom number 16. So, b- between War of the Realms and Absolute Carnage, we get a single issue of the main Venom book, issue number 16. In the aftermath of Malekith's defeat, Eddie continues to question his own innocence in the fallout of his relationship with Venom. He struggles with anger and, pro- and a proclivity toward violence, depicted throughout the issue as him fighting as longer wearing the symbiote or the Dreamstone. Dylan comes down with a fever and, having no money, Eddie is forced to find a paying gig back at his old haunt, the Daily Globe. He catches a break and follows a lead about missing children, only to find a ghost from his past return to haunt him. Emil Gregg, the man who lied to Eddie about being the Sin Eater, has returned from the grave thanks to Carnage's new dark powers to taunt Eddie by abducting innocent children. Using only his strength, Eddie sends Emil back to the grave and saves the children. He turns the paper battered and bloodied, collects his cash, and returns to Dylan with food and medicine, knowing now that a run-in with Carnage is just over the horizon. Thank you so much. And yeah, it's... I think it was a pretty good issue, you know, it was a good little in-betweener, showing that Eddie is still very much a journalist, investigative journalist, so that was really nice, and then we saw the return of Emil Gregg, we haven't seen him since the Axis Carnage tie-in. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's been a very long time. Oh yes, and that had my favorite line, Eddie Brock was right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this issue, I have one question. Where was the rhino? Where was the rhino? Yeah. <laughs> misleading well, cover it, again. Yeah, misleading cover. Yeah. AS, ASM lied recently, too. It had all the superior foes on the cover, and then only oh Boomerang and Beetle were in the issue. Oh, my so. goodness. Like, I thought, comics I, are canceled. Like, canceled. I thought for a second <laughs> it was just going to be another filler issue where Eddie's just going to go on about, like, oh, I wish I had Venom with me right now. And then he just looks at, like, random areas in New York just getting attacked by Rhino or other Spider-Man villains, and he can't do a thing about he it. He single-handedly punches Rhino out because he's so cool <laughs> and he has bad powers. Now, that's one yeah. thing to note, is that if you did read the issue and you have some confusion, no, the Venom symbiote does not show up in this issue at all. What you're actually seeing is Eddie's imagination of himself unleashing his rage and and being out of control. If he were Venom. Yeah, yeah, as if he were Venom. It kind of creates this really, you know, negative image. Um, He he creates a negative image of Venom saying, you know, uh, implying that Venom is the reason he loses control. And this just goes back to his whole argument of, you know, how much of it was me versus how much of it was the symbiote. 
Right. And then even <laughs> online, uh, folks have asked Kate, well, who was good first? Who was bad first? And, and he said, uh, I think he said, that's the question, but I'm pretty sure we all know it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, now. Yeah. So some folks, well, online said they were kind of confused on, was he actually venom or not? I thought it was kind of pretty obvious. I mean, you know, but, yeah. but maybe that's just me, but, um, yeah, but this was a lot more obvious that, that he was pretending um, as opposed to the free issue we got where we weren't exactly sure if that was Eddie who turned into Cletus or if it was Cletus turned into Eddie. You know, like, you know like this was a lot more clear cut. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah, so yeah, so this issue, they, they were still living in Rex's warehouse, which is a nice little hideout for them, I guess. Yeah, but I really liked how, how he went back to the Daily Globe, and I'm pretty shocked that he got in the door because I'm pretty sure they would kick him out as soon as they see who he is. But yeah, Man, then I liked how they had. Ago, though. Come oh, on. Yeah. yeah, but still, but he's <laughs> still yeah. Venom. In, in the comic movies, book you know? time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, the, the intern he was nice to let him in. <laughs> right, right. He's in charge now. Yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, I like the issue. I do think. Toward the end, it was a little bit heavy-handed with trying to spell out, oh, he's back, and he has this Grendel dragon symbiote. You know, they, they, they keep trying to explain what Absolute Carnage is going to be about, and it's like... like they're really we setting know. it up here, so... Oh, yeah, like, we already know what it's about. You know, I don't think yeah, we need, you know, 16 panels to, to explain what's happening. We have had but, so much setup for Absolute Carnage, it's crazy. And which also, is, which is good because we need to sell over eighteen million copies, or a million, million copies. What was it? <laughs> eight million yeah. copies. Yes, buy all the variants, and I'm sure we'll get there. But but also, <laughs> like, I also just wanted to point on the issue. Like again, you just see again, like how Eddie is still struggling. Like he's he pretty much can't get a job anywhere, and he's really desperate at this point. And then also, mm -hmm. too, to point out, like, he's, like, having more hallucinations of Venom. And then, like, at one point, I think at the beginning of the issue, Dylan's complaining about how sick he is. And then you see, uh, you know, Eddie, like, in his deeper thoughts about Venom, like, he's pretty much telling Dylan to shut up or, or, or suck it up or something like that. Yeah. 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 And uh, I, I will say, regarding those hallucinations, I think that was one of my favorite parts of the issue because... This sort of goes back to where he was in it with his mindset, with uh, the last temptation of Eddie Brock, where oh, yeah. he's like, where he's he has he's the cancer patient and whatnot, and he's got this vi this vision of Venom just plaguing him and just saying like, "You're not in charge here. I'm in charge." And it's even though it's literally just Eddie, and so he and he kept blaming it on the the inner symbiote bits inside of him. And he's like, "Oh, it's not me." And so I, I really enjoy going back to this sort of stuff. And just looking at Eddie from a character's point of view. Yeah. It was oh yes, I really love all this analyzing of him. Um, the only question I had was, do we think that Eddie still has some remaining powers left over? Because if you remember, in was it Separation Anxiety or was it one of those early ones? I can't recall. But but he still had super strength because he was bonded to the symbiote for so long. So. Do you think yeah, that I was, think it was why separation he was able anxiety like, to knock that happened out all in. these dudes and like kick out a door and dodge shotguns and 
crunch people's you know bones in half yeah, and he, all that stuff. He he yeah. took a beating. Like yeah, <laughs> no, because like when that happened, like I could have sworn the guy like hit him right in the eye and like oh shit, like he, and he and he's perfectly fine. Yeah. Fine. But yes, well, so let's yes. not say fine. He's uh, well, he's well, hurt not bad. Yeah, he's well, hurt not bad. fine, but he could still fight a zombie, so you know. Yeah, yeah. they're zombies. <laughs> but yeah, like I really like this issue. Yeah, like it was good. I I I like how we're still focusing on Eddie as a character even without the symbiote, which is what people complain about, but Eddie is Venom, so we can't just keep focusing on the symbiote. So please give me more Eddie. Yeah. Please don't kill him yeah. off after all this build up and absolutely. They're not gonna <laughs> kill him off. Not when his comics well, selling well. like hotcakes. But it's not you called too much. Rock, it's called Venom. It should be all about Venom, not Eddie Brock. <laughs> 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 Hashtag bring back Flash, make them co star. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Aaron's worst the nightmare. Day. Yeah, worst oh. nightmare. Worst nightmare. Yeah, so let's talk about the implication that Cletus brought someone back from the dead. Oh, yeah. I know where you're going with this. I have a theory that that I've been saying for like literal months. That You've made theories on Twitter, and it's kind of all the time adding up. All the time, yes. adding up. So, um, since Cletus can bring people back from the dead, and She Venom got a True Believers issue right before Absolute Carnage came out, and Dylan doesn't know that Eddie is his father. Uh, I'm thinking Cletus is going to spill the beans by bringing back Anne Wang as a zombie. I really yeah, but I mean, we, he needs her codex anyway, so absolutely she's yeah. coming back in some form. That would be I, cool. I really hope not. I, I really hope Anne is still alive out there somewhere that she actually didn't no. commit suicide. Oh. Well, also, we also got her on a codex variant oh, yeah, that's by pretty Clayton cool. Crane. So, and all of the other Codex variants have people that are involved in the story. I don't know. So, I don't know. Or dead. Hashtag scorn. She's ripping peace. She's coming back. And I Wayne is going to come back. And but she's going to drop the beans. No, but like, I think like, you guys are sad. It sounds I think like she's coming back happen. in some form, but Orion's definitely setting himself up for failure. I don't think she's going to be alive. There's no way. I hope no, so. she will be 100% dead. I hold that. He, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Cletus is going to like have her skull like on like a little stick, just like "Hello, I'm your mom. I'm dead." <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> oh, makes me yeah. sad. It's and, gonna be you know, sad. Donnie, Donnie. I think Donnie's stay like Absolute Carnage is going to be a very, very horrific thrill ride. So yeah, and I don't want to talk about all the other stuff we heard about Absolute Carnage. I guess I think we're going to save that. But at least this issue also had a nice little sweet father-son moment of them just chilling on the couch watching impractical jokers that was great that that, that was nice i like that yeah, yeah. I, i'm definitely yeah. like they've teased something big with dylan but i i, I, I would like it. eddie I know. I, I know I, I just said something big i didn't say what it was but i really <laughs> hope like we get more Eddie father son stuff with Eddie, and just, I'm really Before interested to see bad happens. I'm really interested to see Dylan's reaction when he learns that Venom's his dad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it'll be oh sweet dude, sweet <laughs> yeah, way past cool. Uh, yeah, dad, who's that guy? Oh, it's just Spider Man. Ew, get away from me. 
<laughs> yeah. Spiders All are right. no good. Well, I think that's a good stopping point right there for that discussion. <laughs> So we can go ahead and move on. Carlos, you're going to tell us all about Funeral Pyre, the latest Web of Venom issue. In Web of Venom Funeral Pyre, we return to Annie Benton, formerly Agent Venom's symbiotic sidekick, Mania. She's living in Philadelphia once more with her Aunt Sarah and working hard at a record store. She's moved on since the end of Venom Inc. and built herself a normal life with normal friends. However, we learn that Annie has been having horrific, vivid nightmares about the mania symbiote yearning to possess her again. She gets that. She gets the feeling that these nightmares may be a warning rather than, rather than just something akin to photon limb syndrome. Sure enough, one of her nightmares becomes reality when Carnage kills her Aunt Sarah and chases after Andy, intent on killing her, to, and removing the, her mania uh, index. Just when things look grim for Andy, her demonic Helmark powers kicks in to save her, allowing her to summon Hellfire and the Monsters of Evil to protect her. But thanks to Carnage's burgering uh, bu- uh, null gifted powers, she quickly learns that her hell, po- hell powers aren't enough to stop him. Before Carnage can land the final blow, Andy is teleported away by her powers and lands in New York where she tasks herself on to, to finding Eddie Brock and Venom before Carnage does. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I think this is just continuing Bun's comeback with uh, writing some good Venom stuff and finally getting the chance once again to write his baby, Andy Benton. Yeah. Let uh, me start because I'm not a huge fan of Mania and oh. I want to be the... Negative Nancy first, I guess. So. <laughs> womp womp. Hater. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Mania. Um, I do think she has a lot of potential. Um, I, I think she has a lot more things going for her than, say, Spider-Gwen. You know, she's a teenage uh, goth symbiote character. I, I think she has a lot of potential, but I think it's just squandered for some reason. But, um, I mean... I like the issue, but this with a uh, with a few other web of venom issues didn't exactly need to be said. Like I'm kind of happy, you know, folks, folk or fans of her get a, another story. But overall, this issue doesn't really affect the main story at all. I mean, it was still cool to like to see her, you know, summon back the monsters of, of evil again and fight Carnage, who who written by. Bun is always fun, but I, I I didn't really enjoy the issue that much. I I might have enjoyed it more if she actually got her symbiote back, but we know that's going to happen down the line. But I mean, if she got her symbiote back this issue, I think this would be one of those that you pretty much have to read. But from the standpoint of that, I I didn't really enjoy this issue because you know, like half of the folks that got killed, well, actually. Most of the folks that that were supposedly killed were just hallucinations, and that happened like three times before we actually see her, her aunt Sarah get killed. And what this is like the third, uh, third parental character she she's had that that's been killed in front of her, <laughs> or just killed in general. So that nice, I guess. But yeah, I mean, y'all y'all stands of her y'all pop off. You know, y'all y'all have fun. Well, I'll, thanks, I'll just see Aaron. what happens. What, yeah, I'll just have to see what what happens of her in Absolute Carnage, and if she actually 
uh, gets to stay a character after that. Well, yeah. uh, for me, I was just kind of glad after all this time since Venom Inc., which I don't want to go on a rant about again. But anyway, I, I'm just glad, you know, we got an update for Andy and what's been going on with her in uh, Philadelphia. You know, she's actually started, you know, progressing in her life, uh, getting over what happened, uh, you know, from those events of Venom Inc. You know, she's gotten real friends. She has a job at a record store. So she's she's doing quite nice for herself. But then, you know, she's, she's again, like we said, we she started having those nightmares about the Mania symbiote. And, you know, as we, as we knew that it was pretty much a warning that, you know, Carnage was coming. And, you know, it just sucks that, you know, her Aunt Sarah had to die. And, you know, I thought this was going to be it. Because, like, months before, like, I... I, I said to Bun like, please don't let this be the issue that she dies. You know, I hope she's not gonna die. I don't know. I saw so many people <laughs> guessing that she was gonna die, and I don't understand. Bun's not gonna kill her. Are you people crazy? <laughs> like, yeah, Case is gonna kill her. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, <laughs> but I don't know why people thought she was gonna die. This issue, like, I don't think she's gonna die at all. I really don't. She I has mean, too much potential. Honestly, it's just been wasted. I mean, yeah. I think that, you know, I I was really hoping she was going to get the, the Mania symbiote in this issue. That didn't happen, so I'm... I, I was hoping for that. We did not carnage. get that, but... Maybe. But yeah. I, I totally bet on her aunt dying, though, and I was totally right. You know, she died in a really horrific way, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was fun to watch. I like that. Splitting her in half. Yeah. Yeah, now, it was fun. one thing i like to mention is, you know, we really get to see her use her hell powers again, and even um, in the end when Carnage was... Like, she had a few close calls where Carnage was just about to kill her. And the last time, uh, her hell powers automatically teleported her... Um, I think it was to New York or something like that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it teleported her to New York. And it's interesting because it's like... Uh, if you If anyone's been paying attention... To Marvel's recent um, uh, comic news, uh, they've been teasing some new event. I think in December or something like that, about uh, someone's going to be a king or something. And I believe that we might be revisiting the Descent storyline and finally getting something about who's going to be the next King of Hell. Because I think right now it's supposed to be Johnny Blaze, but who knows? I don't even know how legitimate that is, and they're still all... It, it, it is very... I can tell you from experience, it is very legitimate. They're, they've referenced some stuff for the upcoming Danny Ketch series, where uh, Johnny is still going to be King of Hell. And is that a Beware the Ghost Rider? Yeah, and then some future right, yeah. uh, some future Avengers issues are also dealing with Johnny as King of Hell currently. Yeah, I think so. we're, we're going back to Hell. I think we're going to be seeing... Um, maybe a conclusion to the Descent storyline because, you know, uh, Johnny's already the king of hell, but you still have people out here hell-marked for that position, so there might be a whole war. Well, yeah, yeah she will most most definitely show up in that because that's, you know, hell-related. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, that'll be interesting. That, But that's only, only if she survives Absolute Carnage because some people gotta die. Some folks gotta die. And I'm really hoping she yeah. does. Hmm. Yeah. There's someone's de- someone's definitely going to die, but I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know either, but we'll say that for next time. It's going to be Spider-Man this time. It's going to be Spider-Man, finally. 
Oh yeah. my god, Orion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so one thing that kind of threw salt in my wound was in one point of the story, there's a milk carton. <laughs> what yep. does it say on the milk yep. carton? Says Donna Diego. Missing. Donna Diego and Cullen Bunn is riding the Absolute Carnage Scream miniseries where Scream is not Donna Diego, where it's Patricia Robertson. Robert, Robertson. <laughs> Robertson. Yeah. So that kind of threw some salt in the wound there. I was kind of yeah, mad so, about that. Uh, uh, do, do you think he's just saying, like, oh, yeah, she's dead for sure? Is that what that was, do you think? I, I mean, I don't think she'll come back. I'm pretty sure she's dead. I think that's just a little hint, hit, nudge, nudge. I mean, I would yeah. love to see her back, but if they're making a Scream miniseries and it's not Donna, then she's she's dead. She's just yeah. dead. But we'll, we'll, we'll find out in two weeks. Yeah, I will say yeah. nice little nice little touch. I thought uh, Colin Bunn added. I really appreciated that Andy in her full like full hell form. I guess with the goat legs and everything, she's still got her wrench. She's got a demonic wrench. Still got yeah. a wrench. <laughs> so, Saw that wrench. Her yep, her signature a, weapon. Yep, she had a wrench in her first appearance. She had a wrench in Venomverse, and now she has a wrench in this hey, one. But it's hey, a Hasbro. hell-powered wrench. Hey Hasbro, when you do make a Marvel Legends Mania, include the wrench, include please. Include the wrench. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you have to keep waiting for that one, though. Yeah. Include the wrench. I'm still kind of miffed she said Eddie Brock is the other Venom. You know, not the Venom. It's the <laughs> other Venom. Other. Still kind of salty about that. But, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Look, He's going to say Hashtag not my Venom. <laughs> hashtag not my Venom. Yep. 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 Another Venom verse reference there. Yeah. Yep. I think. Uh... But yeah, like like I said, I, I love how Bun writes Carnage. He's always kind of fun and, and says little snarky things. Like, uh. Like he said, what he said, uh, little snot, and then he said, he said, he said, oh, jeez, what he said? He said, "Damn girl, you're freaky" or something like Damn that. Damn girl, you freaky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then he also I like love how I, I, carnage. At, at one point, he also called like he called her boo, like oh, where boo. you going, boo? <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. I love yeah, but yeah, but same issue with this one that I've been having is that he also monologues oh i'm the apostle of noel i have a dragon symbiote i want to eat all your spines and blah 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 blah. like we know we know you don't have to tell us every two seconds but yeah i enjoyed it a whole lot you know except for me not really liking mania it was still good Boo. Boo. <laughs> and at least those monsters of, of evil are dead because i didn't like those things either i never really cared for them <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was still good. I liked it. Alright, I think uh, now's a good point to put a pin in today's episode. So, looking forward, we have a special weekly podcast series starting after August 8th, in which we will review the latest Absolute Carnage comics and tie-ins for each week from August through October. We will record each weekly episode Wednesday night and, with luck, have it available the next day on our podcast players. Speaking of podcast players, good news everybody. We are Venomaniacs is now available on Podbean, Spotify, and soon Apple Music and Google Play Music. You can stream or download our podcasts for on-the-go listening. So, 
In the future, if you'd like to participate in a live audience for the We Are Venom Maniacs episodes, just join our Discord and check out the podcast chat channel for details about our next recording date. As always, thanks to my fellow hosts, Carlos, Tyler, and Aaron for joining me today. Happy to be here. Nice. And uh, and thank you as well to the Venom site for permitting us to make this podcast under the TVS banner and all of your generous support. And finally, thank you, loyal listeners and fellow Venomaniacs. You guys make an awesome community, and it's an honor to be your voice on the airwaves. Together, we are Venomaniacs.